What's up, everybody? Welcome to Bomb City Locker Room Talk Podcast. You're listening to episode 105. As always, I'm Jake Paul. And I'm Tommy Fury, and I just fucked your arse. (laughs) (laughs) What a fight. Fuck that fight. 50-50 fight. Yeah. It wasn't um, the knockout we were all wanting, but hey, it went the distance. Adrian, what did you think of the fight? I thought it was ass. (laughs) (laughs) That fight was ass. It was sloppy as shit. Well, you have to take in consideration. These are two guys with, with six to eight fights, professional fights under their belt. What did you expect? It to be just a flawless bout? There were mistakes. No. There was a lot of clinching. I, I think I think two things happened. Number one, Jake Paul, like is the most obvious. This is the most obvious thing that happened. Jake Paul, while I think can compete as a professional boxer to some degree, mm-hmm. obviously is not where pe- where he or people that are in his camp thinks he is to be a professional boxer because he just went eight rounds within for the first time ever in his prof- quote-unquote professional career, and I use that term loosely, but went eight rounds with Tommy Fury, who is a professional boxer, who's terrible. He's not good, but he is solidified himself as a boxer. He's conditioned. He's done that his whole life. That's what he does. That's what he makes a living off of. He is the most experienced boxer out of that, the two. That Jake Paul has fought and is the most legit boxer. He lost. And while I don't agree, agree with the judges' scorecards, I think Paul only won run one round of that fight. I think... That it just sets the precedence that will will Jake Paul still be boxing? Yes, but is it going to be harder for him to promote himself in that limelight? Probably. He may not. I think going forward, Paul cannot fight anybody that's not a boxer going forward. Would you agree to that much? I would agree. Yes, he's got to stop fighting these 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 washed up UFC fighters, basketball players. Because now he has something to prove. He has to go and beat an actual boxer. He has not done that yet. Which I think he will. I mean, I think. He has silenced a lot of the doubters with the fact that he did go all eight rounds and it was a competitive fight. He didn't set up the big right hand that everyone thought he would, but he did knock him down in the eighth round, and he, it was competitive. The The thing that I've said since, the, since Jake Paul started doing his shit and boxing is his conditioning looks terrible, and... He fought a boxer today who has conditioning, and you saw him be lethargic through majority of the fight. Well, to, an, to a degree, the, the clinching and, and things like that were were part of his game plan going in, but throughout the second half of the fight, it got a little bit excessive. Um, it got a little bit sloppy, but it did ramp up in the amount of punches being landed and thrown, and that was the big difference, the amount of punches that Tommy Fury landed versus jake paul throughout the fight but i mean overall it was pretty much what we expected we didn't expect it to be you know a runaway victory by either boxer i don't think i didn't predict a a knockout Uh, it would have been nice to see but i don't think either one of those fighters are knocking anybody out but and let's be honest i mean neither one of these boxers have fought anyone worth a damn leading up to this point right so adrian you said it was ass what do you think about the fight overall and the decision? Were you would you agree with the decision that Tommy Fury no. should have won? Well, I don't I don't believe it should have been a split decision. 
There's no fucking way it was a split decision. Tommy Fury won. Dominated that fight. Dominated the fight. It wasn't even close. He landed way more punches. Um, I agree with that. You know, I I don't know who the fuck. I don't know what the person was watching who who thought their checkbook. That's what they were Jake Paul was watching. The, the Jake Paul one. They, they, that that's my thing. I I agree. It was scored <laughs> way too close. I it was not a split decision. Fury dominated the majority of that fight just because he got knocked down. In the round that he still won, that's the thing. Like you have to look at it as, as, as looking to analyze boxing. He got knocked down, sure, and they showed the replay. That was a great uh, right hook by Jake Paul. But actually, I think it was a jab. But either way, yeah, I mean, he he got knocked. Jab. He got knocked down. But Fury dominated the rest of the eighth round. So right, he he won most of the rounds, no doubt. The Fury only one did. I get I give to him is the third, is Jake Paul. And after that, like I said, like in the second, you could tell Jake Paul was looking gassed. Mm-hmm. And so I just, as, like I said, I, I like, I've said this before, I like UFC, but I grew up, like, as far as pugilistic sports go, I always liked boxing. <laughs> and I hated the things that Jake Paul has made basically a mockery of boxing. Like, I can come in here and dominate, and I'm making all this money. And he is. He's, I'm not knocking his hustle, because that's what it is. At the end of the day, it's a hustle. But. He hasn't fought a boxer, and he finally fights a boxer, and he loses. So, duh, we're done. Now you have to go fight somebody else or him again. Well, there's he, the rematch clause. He will get a second opportunity to fight him. Which, so that'll probably. Do you think that'll be his next fight? Is against him? I think so. Probably in the summer. It'll probably it'll probably come probably I bet August or September, and it'll be against Fury again. And my thing is who do, who who's a boxer that. Paul could beat a boxer. I mean, he would have to fight someone around the same amount of fights that he's had, which aren't very many. So it'd probably be somebody no name that is probably an up and coming guy. Yeah, I which agree with that. Tommy Fury's an up uh, an up and coming guy as well. And you this know. is going to help. The, if anything, this benefits Fury more than Paul at all because and I didn't mean that to rhyme, but it benefits. Tommy Fury from the fact that it got him a lot it got him it got him a payday number one you know that he's never had a fight where right. th- that he was the main card and this he's was never payday. fought on this type of stage no and so that that's one good thing I will say about Jake Paul and like I you know I joke and I jest and saying the integrity of the sport is saved but he has brought life back into boxing to a certain extent that we haven't seen since McGregor fought Mayweather. Yeah. You know what I mean? Um, I, I, will, I, will always, I will always love boxing, but now boxing has become this thing you watch on Friday nights on ESPN for the big ones, right? Where, you know, in the 90s, growing up in the 90s and watching people like Buster Douglas fight knockout Tyson and things like that. Lennox Lewis. You know, and, and, and th- like that's when yeah. the pay-per-view, now, it's, now that's all safe for UFC and so I do like the fact that this is bringing more cool boxing. Is And Canelo did his part. Canelo Alvarez, too, of making it more popular again in the late 2000s. And then in April, this this upcoming April, we've got um, Davis and Garcia, which is going to be a damn good fight. Mm-hmm. Which I, is the next big boxing bout that, that's you know coming that's going to draw tons of attention and tons of money and revenue. You know, when UFC's first got popular, I always said, no, I like boxing more. And then I've kind of fallen into where I like UFC. And now it's just like, man, just a good fight. I just want to see a good fight. Yeah, and that, that was not a bad fight. 
for it was for, for who they are and where they are in their careers. They're I, both young boxers. It, it they've, got, they've got a ton of boxing ahead of them. It benefited them both. Like Tommy Fury now is probably going to get some card where he'll get fucking schlacked in like the second or third round, but he'll get like a good card with a legit boxer probably because of this. And now Jake Paul, even though he was sloppy as fuck, he did hold eight rounds with a legit boxer. So he's probably, even if he doesn't fight Tommy Fury next, he's going to fight a boxer again. Right. But, and that's what I think. Like you can't as him, if you want to continue this hustle, sure. Pick boxers that are ass, but fight boxers. Well, you can't, he can't fight another fucking NBA star or a fucking 50-year-old UFC fighter again. And the thing is, is boxers do this throughout the, they the pick infancy and of, they their, pick and of their career. They pick and choose who they fight. I mean, the, the example of uh, Floyd Mayweather, his ninth fight, he fought a boxer that was 1-13. And uh, Javante Davis fought, fought a boxer that was 1-2 in boxers. MMA. He fought a, a boxer that was one and two in MMA, and it was his it was his first professional fight, and that was his eighth fight. Javante Davis's eighth fight. So, it is known and, and very routine for these boxers to choose who they fight early in their career, so they can pad their record and they can get the experience needed to fight those bigger fights down the road. And that I just think because of Jake and Logan Logan Paul's history of being YouTube stars of how they started their career, they know how to make money, right? They know how to market themselves. And that's all this has been, has been a big scam up until now. And now it's like, okay, how serious are you? That's what I'm interested in is, is how serious is Jake Paul going to take this? Now the scam is done. He's fought a legit boxer. He lost. How far does the scam go? Does he continue to... Do you think Jake Paul goes back and fights somebody that's not a boxer? Do you see that happening, Adrian? Well, he's already going to transition to MMA, so now he's going to go ruin the MMA world. So. You think he's doing <laughs> Has he already said that? I didn't he's hear a, He already signed a contract yeah, with, PFL, oh, did he? with the PFL. So, mm. I mean, I mean, when he's going to fight in it, I have no idea. But like you said at the end, end of the fight, he's already surpassed every goal, and he's he's come further than he ever thought that he would. So... The guy's a genius in the fact that he promotes himself to the point where he's making millions and millions of dollars. And you look at his training and the fact that he went eight rounds with Tommy Fury. I mean, cool. Like, I'm Tommy Fury's terrible in the world of boxing. And despite but- the age and the and catching the, those UFC fighters at the end of their career, it is impressive that he was able to get into a ring with them and beat them. No you, matter, no matter the age. I mean, real, real quick. If you hear those sirens right now, that is that is on our end. If you're listening in your car, you don't need to pull over. That that unless there is a siren, but that was on our end. I had that happen once. I was listening to a podcast and I heard sirens, and I thought it was around me, and I started pulling over, and it was on the podcast. Oh, it so, happens all the time. And also, since we're right uh, by Bill, we're, if you may have heard a lot of background noise, yeah, this is Sunday. February what twenty fifth twenty sixth twenty sixth and it is incredibly windy sixty mile an hour winds the here dust in bowl is back dust bowl is going on so if you hear a lot of taps and clanks and booms you know, forgive we're, us we're fine forgive our cough we're fine <laughs> yeah, forgive my cough but yeah I, I you know whatever I I'm anxious to see what happens next I'm just glad as a boxing fan the integrity is safe for now. Right, it, it would have been a travesty if they would have handed this victory to Jake Paul because he obviously did not win the fight, no matter how, how well he did. And I think that proves a lot of things, like for the Vegas line too, that the fix wasn't in, right? Because obviously, yeah. with the money that Paul has, he's got more money than Fury. No. And 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 if they if the fix truly was in, 
that's why I say when I say the, the integrity of the sport is saved, I'm not just saying because a boxer beat Jake Paul and beat his hustle. I'm I'm also agreeing that they the judges scored it correctly. Whether they now I agree with Adrian. I don't think it was split decision by any means, but the integrity is safe on both on both fronts. So cool, right? Moving on. The clear victor did win. So yes, we'll see unlike, what happens. Unlike, next. unlike the Super Bowl, and you know that's the, the clear issue. Vi- the clear victor did not win the Super Bowl. Well, the the, vic- the issue in modern sports is, is the fix, and that's something that. It's just going to exist from this moment forward, no matter what professional sport you watch. Unfortunately, I feel like a lot of it can be predetermined, and that's just the world we live in. And, and you know, that, that leads into the next kind of, like, topic that we, we wanted to talk about is boxing taking combat sports back over. And I still say, as someone who would love to see boxing over UFC, and I think it's a better sport overall just because the longevity and the history of it, and UFC wouldn't exist today without boxing. I mean, I think we can all agree with that. But UFC is obviously still the top dog, the right top now. pugilistic sport, right? And it's gained so much popularity within the last fifteen years. 20. I don't. It's not going anywhere. Oh, UFC. Yeah, I mean, yeah. Since two thousand, dude. I remember. I remember. I I had a, a demo disc for uh, PlayStation One in like two thousand. It was right before the PS Two came out. It was like two thousand or two thousand one. And it had Ultimate Fighting Championship number one game on there. Mm-hmm. It was a demo for it. And I was like, what the fuck is this? It was the first time I've ever seen UFC. And I was like, oh, uh, okay. And I played it. And I was like, oh, okay, this is cool. It's like wrestling, but it's not. But it's real. And, yeah. and the, ever since 2000, that's when UFC really took off. It really did. In the mid-2000, late 2000s, it got to start you know, in 93, 94 with UFC 1 with Hoist Gracie. And the Gracie family got it all started and... Their Brazilian jiu-jitsu changed and revolutionized, you know, mixed martial arts and fighting yeah, in general. Wait, he's the godfather. Which, crazy. yes, one of the, the, the ones that you would put on a Mount Rushmore as far as um, MMA fighters who really gave birth to the sport and got, gained popularity. Because in the beginning, people were, like, revolted to watch it. it. It was not something that people wanted to watch. It it was like a train wreck that you couldn't take yeah, your eyes it, off it was of, kinda like but it wasn't popular. It was like, well, a lot of people confused it because it was like, oh, it's cage fighting. And it's like, nobody, everybody, that was a term you heard in the 90s. Like, oh, it's a cage fight, right? Well, yeah, but at the same time, there was more to it. There was guys that were doing Brazilian jiu-jitsu. There was guys that were doing kickboxing, and they but they were getting labeled as these cage fights, so it, it almost seemed like this, like, I hate to use this t- term, but I don't know other other term that comes to mind. But like cage fighting in the '90s and like before UFC really took off, like was like white trashy. You know what I mean? Like backyard barbaric. Wrestling. Yes, very much like it wasn't organized like boxing. You know, in boxing, you know, you had you know the announcers wearing their their suits and their ties and these tuxedos and and, right. and things like that. And it was very and there was big money being exchanged. And it was like, oh well, there's this other thing. And now that other thing. While it's still not touching the money that boxers can make, that's what's crazy. If you didn't never realize that, like UFC fighters still are not making the money that Canelo Alvarez makes on on Showtime fights, and I don't think they ever will. Do you? No. no. So, so what <laughs> that's you, why that's why UFC is in such a decline right now is because the fighters are leaving that promotion to go to other promotions because they'll make more money there. 
The UFC is in a decline. You whether, think that's Dana whether, White's fault, obviously? Of course it is. He's the one running the show. The viewership has declined significantly wow. since to, since 2019, and a big reason of that is, again, because of all the good fighters yeah, leaving. Yeah, like the quality of fighters um, yep, are absent. Like, I used to be a huge... I was really big into UFC, um, you know, after high school, and a lot of that had to do Forrest with Forrest Griffin, Chuck a lot, of, a lot of that had to do with the Ultimate Fighter. ESP. I was a big, I was a big fan of the Ultimate Fighter. That's what got me into the UFC. Um, but there's just no big names in UFC anymore. Mm-mm. There's not. No, and it really seemed like you know, in the mid 2000s, late 2000s, early 2010s, there was there, were, there was big name after big name. Even if, if if they weren't in the, the the main event, there were still big names on the undercard that we were all dying to see. You know, with Chuck Liddell and like you said, Forrest Griffin and GSP. And he was always guys. my favorite. I love Forrest Griffin. But there are some some you know notable fighters, but there there aren't as many as there used to be. No. I, and I think that's part of it. It's like there's so many people trying to be like, well, I'm going to be a UFC fighter. And there's so many like little like me and James before the podcast started and before Adrian even got here and before the main card, we were talking about how in Amarillo, like they have like these fights and these they, they, they there's so much bullshit out there that tries to mimic what UFC does that I feel like there's not a straight narrow path Do you feel to like- become a boxer. As there is to UFC, there's so many outlets. It's so, and, and in essence, it's kind of watered down the sport with all of the the, the branches of different, right? Different UFC promotions or right. different mixed martial arts promotions. But I mean, that's how you you get those guys enough fights to make it to the UFC. You've got to have those type of um, organizations so you can, you know, like grow fighters. That's the biggest thing: growing the sport. So. There's, my, there's a give and take there. In with, my opinion, with, the last two big UFC names are Khabib and McGregor, and they're both like Khabib's probably not going to fight a major card again. And, he's retired. He's done. And, yeah. and, and and so McGregor is like we all know he's he's washed, and he's going to keep putting himself out there at some point. I'm sure we'll he's, see McGregor fight he's again. He's going to be the the next coach on on the ultimate the newest season of the Ultimate Fighter. Is he really? Yes. I didn't hear that. And then, so he's going to fight the guy that, and I can't remember his name. I have to look it up if I have internet. Um, but he's yeah, going to. The wind has fucked everybody's internet up. And so he's going to fight that guy, of course, at the end of the season, which is what the coaches always do. Um, so that's going to be his next fight. But, I mean, he's never uh, going to get, like, a title fight again. You know what I mean? So. I do mean. You, do you see that happening? Do you see McGregor getting a title fight? I don't see why not. I mean. But, I mean. D- He'd have he, to he, win, if can, right? If he can stay healthy. But wouldn't he have to beat whoever he's about to fight next to like claim? I mean, I mean, anybody can go after well, a title that's, fighter. That's that's the problem with the UFC and and Dana White, and that's why so many fighters are leaving. You know, you'll pay fucking CM Punk, who's never fucking fought <laughs> MMA yeah. ever, it's, it's half a million a joke. fucking dollars. But all these other guys that have been working their fucking asses off their whole lives. To be where they're at, you're going to pay them thirty grand for a whole year for three fights. That, that's 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 what I'm getting at. Is like the integrity of boxing. Like these boxers, you you work your ass off, you work your way up the chain, you get some, you stack some wins, and you prove yourself to a title fight. You get it, and they still get paid. And regardless, the shit's not pay per view or not. And some big fights are still pay per view. But the fact is, is these fighters are still like they're they're doing it the right way. And that's why I like boxing over UFC still because UFC to me. In in the early two thousands, if they would have went down the road they were going, I feel like it would be like like you know the question is asked that we asked is is boxing taking over? Yes, and so it's making a resurgence. It for sure. is, it is. But UFC and is UFC still seems on to be top. coming more towards 
But they're taking a nose It looks dive. like they're going towards like the no. WWE type shit. Not with viewership. Like like if you look at pay-per-view sales, okay. They still oh, the last it, yeah. the last major like like say 50 pay-per-views like I think boxing holds over half as far as like the record of pay-per-view sales over like still? the last yes. And UFC only I think holds like fifteen. How much of is the that top fifty? How much is that? Do you think is attributed to just like pirating though? Well, like, I mean, like if, if I, they're pirating, they're not. They're obviously the viewership not, doesn't not, count. The right? viewership is not going to count in the pay per view because they're not I'm buying saying. it. But um, I think more people are still watching. What I'm get, what I'm getting at is, I think more people are watching UFC over boxing right now, but they're pirating it because it's it's well, of course, of course, more people are going to watch more MMA because there's again, like we mentioned, there's so there's many promotions. There's more I can fights. watch. I can watch Bellator. I can watch fucking UFC. I can watch one championship. I can I can watch PFL. I can watch all those. I can watch all that shit. But there's only one boxing. Yeah, and 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 <laughs> UFC. There's a legit. There's a UFC major card almost every weekend. Yeah, mm. and this isn't I mean, my opinion, but and some of for them the are most, free. Some of them are, some of them are free on on ESPN. So there's more of it. Yeah. So this isn't my opinion, but but for me, looking looking out on on the sport in general, and people, they're they're more attracted to the UFC because it's more entertaining, as far as. Uh, the majority of what people believe. I mean, as far as versus boxing and MMA, that's why the ratings are have stayed consistent over the years, and the sport has grown so much because it is that much more entertaining and to popular. everyone. Yeah, because there, the thing we were getting onto about this tonight is Jake kept hugging Tommy Fury, and it was just it was slowing it down. Right? It's kind of like the reason why like people want to watch NASCAR. They don't watch it till they don't want to see people take a left hand turn for three hours. They want to see the big wrecks and the close finishes. Right? People watch UFC over boxing because they want to see people beat the fuck out of each other. And in boxing, you don't see people throw you don't kicks get to the head as much. But to me, boxing is just so much better. And like we were talking about earlier, that new release of that that PC game that's only on PC. It's called Undisputed. It's the closest thing to Fight Night. It's only on PC right now, but they're they're talking about making a console port, and it has all of the actual legit boxers of right now, and you can play as like the older boxers like Muhammad Ali and Mike Tyson and Roy Jones Jr. And that's good like that. for new excitement for the sport. For it, sure. it, it, it like I like things like that that are adding to it right yeah that will bring people in i think you are going to see a resurgence i would love to see boxing be back to where it was and maybe we can get to that and in you know my what? opinion you it already it's already there it's how, already how, there. How, how so how so people are so pumped for you don't you don't realize how pumped people are for this davis garcia fight mm-hmm. and there's and there's of course other fighters uh besides them that people get pumped for what, I mean, what is so the many, date what is the so date on that one it's uh, in April, April I think, but I don't know. April 22nd, I believe. Okay. But, I mean, when Canelo fights, when Teofimo Lopez fights. They're big. Triple, oh, triple yeah. G. I mean, I mean, I can go on and on and on. Like, it, will never, just, it will never lose, completely lose popularity. I, I Boxing will, will always have, have a, a healthy following no matter what. I will say this. I've went to tons of, and even still, like today, like I didn't, I haven't went, but people hold parties for boxing matches like super bowl parties right they don't do that much for ufc anymore you know what i mean like where they have a lot of people over unless it's a big card like the 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 jones fight coming up 
Jones and Gain. That, that's going to be big. That's going to be the next big but UFC that's, fight. And John but, but Jones is going to destroy that fucking yeah, guy. Yeah, yeah. yeah, the guy only has 12 <laughs> professional fights. I mean, Cyril Gain is probably like one of the most overrated fucking fighters right now. He's I would gonna agree. He's going to get fucking destroyed by John agree. Jones. John Jones is a fucking heavyweight that fights like a fucking but, flyweight, and he's going to fucking destroy that dude. I agree with that. Jones has had some time off for many reasons. He could come into this fight and, and get caught. You never know. Just like, you know, is Israel brother, Adesanya. Does, does his brother still play in the NFL? I can't remember. I'd have to look that Sorry. up. Sorry. I had a brain fart there. But, um, I, you know, I I see boxing getting more and more viewership. I don't necessarily agree with Adrian that we're already there. Because I, I don't feel like it's drawing in as much attention, even as the UFC. As as bad, I I I would much. Don't get me wrong. I'd much rather watch a box, a legit pay per view boxing over a pay per view UFC fight. Hundred percent, I would. Yeah, uh, the boxing, the major boxing bouts that are that are really commercialized, they're few and far between. But when they do come around, they do draw a massive, you know, audience because everyone everyone grew up watching boxing versus UFC or mixed martial arts. So that's kind of our it's the OG pastime because it's been around for over a hundred years. Yeah, bo- that's why I, uh, yeah, like I agree. Like boxing is up there with football and baseball. baseball with me. Yeah. You know what I mean? I would compare it. Yeah. To baseball and football for sure. And, and so I think I, but to, 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 to as much as I can't stand the guy credit to Jake Paul for drawing people that this is what Jake does that to a credit is he will draw people into these fights. There's a lot of people that watch the fight we just did that have never watched a boxing fight ever. And here's the thing. He, the thing that I, I like about him is he's inspiring new and, and, and young upcomers to, into the sport. You're, you're crazy. If and you convincing them to try it. A 15 year old or a 14 year old boy is sitting here not watching Jake Paul. And like, I'm going to be a boxer because of Jake Paul. They're, that is happening somewhere. And what do all kids do? They watch YouTube, and right? And that's, that's yep. honestly fucking sad. <laughs> no, uh, yes, it is sad. sad. It's sad that that's where that, we are. And that's why I so disagree with in the sense. That's sport. why I disagree because boxing, like back in the day in the 90s and even before we were born in the 70s, like boxing was 80s, fucking was huge. huge yeah. Like right? if I had a kid and he came up to me and said, Mom, I, I really like Jake Paul. I want to be a boxer now. I'd slap the shit out of him. <laughs> But, at the but same, that's where we but are. At the same time, that's where that's where we are as a it society. Is. It is sad, but credit. I don't don't get me wrong. There's nobody that hates Jake Paul more than me. I'm all and for I'm glad that he lost the excitement but of the sport. Though. The fact that he is at, he is draw. That's what that's my point is. He is drawing in people that aren't used to it. He's there's probably kids that watch this fight today because of who Jake Paul is of YouTube and things like that. That in their parents' house. They, they 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 don't watch boxing, but they watched it because of this guy. And so and what 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 have I agree? Of, it's sad. What have all of these young people grown up with? They've grown up with mixed martial arts and UFC, not boxing. And this is kind of getting new new that, young talent getting you know rejuvenated like and into the sport. Peyton, that that's a good point because young, my 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 son, he's thirteen, and he he thinks of fighting as UFC. He doesn't think of boxing mm-hmm. first. He thinks of UFC first. And so I totally, I don't agree with Jake Paul. I don't like him, but he is pulling in people that are kind of like people that could be future boxers. Yeah, and that's good for the sport, even though it is is it it is unconventional and we don't and he like has it been because killing it the integrity of it. I will agree to a certain extent, but I do think it it, it is good for the sport that he fought a legitimate boxer today and from now on he's only going to be able to fight 
he can't legitimate he can't, boxers. He can't fight to solidify Nate Robinson his again. credibility, right? He can't fight Nate Robinson again or no. anybody like that. He has to fight boxers. He's got to step in the ring with a professional boxer, and, and that's good for the sport moving forward because now you can put to bed all of the old guys that he's fought in the past, the UFC guys that are you know past their prime. Now we're just focusing on professional boxing at this point. So, so moving on, um, Starlight Ranch has released this year's lineup, and uh, it's the same shit. And so, uh, Adrian, did you add this one in? Was this one? I, of the I ones? did all of them. You did all of these. Yeah. So, so we were trying to look up earlier, like some of the lineups. Where did you find these lineups at? Mostly on Facebook and, and on their website. Um, but yeah, it's the same artists as it is. Texas every year. country type shit. And Aaron Watson, Colby Cooper. It's the, the same, same people. Mother, it's that the that same come. motherfuckers. But mm-hmm. you the did text. People. There is a band coming to Starlight Ranch mm-hmm. that is not country, and that's in May, isn't it? May? I believe so, yeah, May. Is uh, Bowling for Soup. Mm-hmm. And I think I'm totally down to go see that. Uh, there's there's like four songs. I, I like uh, um, uh, that song, Almost. You know what I'm talking about? Like, mm-hmm. I almost was king for a day, like uh, whatever that one is. Like, I, I love that one. And then obviously 1985 is the big popular one. But I would just like to go because it's, a, it's kind of a hip uh, pop punk show yeah. at Starlight. Alternative pop punk rock. That... That Has there ever usually, been a pop punk band at Starlight Ranch? I mean, there's been a ska punk band with Sublime, and that was really cool. Oh to yeah, see. they Sublime did go last year. Um, That's right. Yeah, most most of their artists are, are typically country. So that's um, the only thing that sticks out, isn't it? Which that's the only thing that stuck out to me. Um, but another thing that caught my eye, which is technically the next topic, but we can it's it, we can mix it in with this as well. But they had a post on their Facebook page that they posted last month in January about a Route 66 festival that was coming soon. So th- I'm assuming they plan on having throwing like this big, like ACL type music festival. And that would which be I cool. Think, which we, I think Amarillo has never had right like, June 1st through the 10th. I mean, 10th. we haven't had anything close to a festival since Homer's. You know, the homers or and then there's that black magic festival that happens in Sam Houston, but that's only for like a day. Yeah. But to have like mm-hmm. an actual festival that maybe could get is this something that like is people are going to camp out for Friday through Sunday type, type thing? They didn't have any details. They just kind of posted like a little picture and said, Did they even soon. say what band coming soon. From what I understood, they're going to have things like around town that are going to celebrate the festival itself. I don't think it's going to be a one centralized location, but it's just celebrating, you know, Route 66 in general, and mm-hmm. hopefully it's going to it's going to be really deep, you know, planned out and detailed. It's June 1st through the 10th. Hopefully, they, oh, they actually good put dates. Mm-hmm. Okay. So I was hoping that for more of what I think Adrian was thinking about was a so, music festival on site with bands. I mean, they're going to have mm-hmm. live music, contest tours, a variety of vendors, things like that. Sounds like something that's just going to make my work day more annoying. <laughs> Which hopefully it, it's. It brings new life and breathes new life to Route 66 in general. I think that our 6th Street is kind of um, underwhelming from what it used to be, which that happens over time. But I wish we could just take care of it more and bring bring more. The big, the last biggest thing is that Harley Festival that happens on 6th Street every year, right? Mm-hmm. And do they even do that anymore? And really, Golden Light, Smoky Joe's, places like that are really holding up, you know, route 66 and keeping it what it what it is with 
the live music and, and the good food and things like that. It's just hard, you know, for even businesses outside of those to really stick around. Cause we went to that one, the, the Mexican food restaurant, I don't even know if it's around anymore. We went to last year. Oh yeah. Um, it seems like businesses El, don't survive. Oh, big boy. <laughs> and I, I hate that because I, I want to see businesses thrive on sixth street because it is a cool, cool little strip of, 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 of historic roadway that we should appreciate and take care of. I'm all for revitalizing it and taking care of our history, but it yeah. seems like a lot of history gets torn down around here, right? Yes, it does. <laughs> um, one thing that we've, we've noticed is, you know, everybody on this podcast went to uh Paladura high school, grew up on the North side. And one thing that we've noticed in our city of Amarillo lately is the North side of town is, I mean, for, for, like literally disintegrating <laughs> daily from it's, the ground it's, up. It's deteriorated, deteriorated. It's 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 in shambles. Um, there's a few businesses and restaurants that kind of hold their own and hold it up. And but as far as like you know, I I, I go over there quite a bit, whether I'm at work on duty or I go to my mother's house, and you know. Adrian, you have to pass through there going on your way to work and, and things like that. And you see it on the north side on the highway and things like that. It's terrible. The housing situation, they're falling apart. Most of the homes that people owned are now rent houses. And if you, if you know anything about neighborhoods and when, when you have a, a whole neighborhood full of rent houses, um, over time, it's going to deteriorate because the upkeep gets hard new owners will come in or new new tenants will come in and just mess it up and make it look crappy and and you get over time you'll get bad eggs into that neighborhood this is this has nothing to do with race or anything like that but the 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 whole north side whether you're black white hispanic asian it doesn't matter it's falling a fucking part it looks terrible um a lot of restaurants uh, fast food places that Opened when we were in high school in 2006. Yeah, just are closed down. Just to name a few: Long John Silver's, Arby's, uh, Wiener Schnitzel, Donut Stop, Pizza Hut. All of those, those businesses places, are gone. Those places closed all over town, though. But but that Pizza Hut that was on the Boulevard that opened in 2005. Yeah. That wasn't an old location, and they and the only the North Side only has what one Pizza Hut now that's on 24th. 24th and Grand, yeah. That's the only one. But the thing the closest is, closest Pizza Hut, and that is, one's new. That one hasn't been. Well, that it long. was an old location. It used to be a Domino's, and then Pizza mm-hmm. Hut bought that location. But that's what I'm saying. And like people it, in lower socioeconomic communities can't afford to go out to restaurants. So the fast food chains sometimes are a lifeblood in those communities, and to see them disappear is really detrimental to to the community as a whole because you know i don't know how many times we didn't have enough money we'd have to go to mcdonald's or go go here or go there just to just to eat well and, not even and, that and now they're not being rebuilt revitalized there's, there's nothing else coming in and it, it just looks like a wasteland and, it, and it's sad because that, it's so different from where we grew up and what we experienced as kids that donut stop that was right there like growing up i remember seeing so many like whether it was the city of amarillo or or even the police or or like you know construction workers it was popping because people were going there to get their coffee and their donuts to start their day there was there was always a line of big mechanical trucks that are doing whether they're doing road work construction there was a, a lot of hard workers always going through there to get their coffee every morning 
at that donut stop that's closed down that's been closed down for years and now you're sitting and, and like getting away from like even the fast food chains just like look at look at martin road park mm-hmm. holy god if you haven't drove by it's like martin a third road world park, country it looks terrible man <laughs> they cut down all the trees they drained out that 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 lake and they dug a irrigation ditch across the street and literally, the ground is starting to collapse. That is almost as deep as like Powdery Canyon, which I don't understand one <laughs> bit. That that park used to be a really nice park. I used to have football. We games used there. to take when your kids were really little. We would take them up there and like play catch and stuff. And even before that, we'd go fishing up, at Martin Road we'd Lake. Play frisbee. We'd go. <laughs> I, me, me, and my stepbrother Jeremy, we'd go fishing at Martin Road Lake all the time. Like that park was great. And then it's like, okay, they built that skate park. Cool. But they didn't upkeep it, and then now they've they've posted so many regulations <laughs> against that that like people can't even go there now, and and these houses are falling apart on every block. Um, the roads are the the least kept roads in Amarillo. I think I've seen them redo thirty uh, fourth and Coulter to, or thirty fourth from Western to Sansi than they've ever touched Boulevard and Mirror Martin Road. Like it's just, yeah. it's just I, I'm a big apart. advocate for parks and things like that. And to see the parks, you know, take a decline and, and we've, we've seen the decline over the years from when we were kids to now, but to see everything in the state that it is now is really sad. Yeah. It's, 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 it's like we, we talked about a little bit about this before we started recording today that it like majority, and this is how it's been like, not even recently, but the majority of Amarillo is moving Southwest. As you can see, like the developments and everything that develops, uh, you know, now with town square, that's the big one that they, that's most recently finished. And it's continuing on South Sansi, uh, almost towards the loop. And it's, it, it's constantly being developed that way. And the North side and, northeastern parts of from from what i would say is probably almost from eastern at the loop to or loop 335 and grand all the way to 34th and georgia around there mm-hmm. is is just like kind of being forgotten about it feels like yeah, the upkeep sucks. from the city the amount of the less fortunate deserve nice places to go still because uh, you know there's still families in those communities and it yeah sucks. There, there's no like there like not even like a like most towns even in in areas of disenfranchised communities and stuff have like community centers and things like that to, to make there's nothing over there there's no. nothing for people to do I would say the last 10 years, it's really taken a nosedive as far as the upkeep and the amount of attention that the city puts into those areas. It's like we were, we jested, but like one of the thing that like brings people from the South part of town to the North side, the only thing that comes to my mind is because I ate there the other day, their food is amazing is Delvin's. I'll go into Delvin's. Uh, if you don't know, it's a restaurant on uh, North Hughes, um, North of the Boulevard. And you know, you get people from every walks of creed in life going into Delvin's, but there's nothing other than Delvin's that I think brings in anybody else that doesn't live on that side of town. Well, I think to it. the, the Hispanic community is doing a really, really good job with bringing, you know, local businesses in and startup businesses that they've, that they've invested in with their hard work, sweat, tears, money, the, and, the Hispanic community is the only thing keeping and, that part of town alive. And the Asian community community is doing a really good job. And they kind of like held that, the, the, the lifeblood of that community together as far as, you know, the restaurants and places to frequent but conv- convenience stores. That's what I'm saying. Is and, that's and a, that's the commerce and, and, and the, 
the economy is kind of just generated through them now. That corporate the pe- corporate America is moving out of. That's what's that sad community. is the people that live over there are the only people keeping that part of town alive. If it wasn't for the people that live over there, it would just be a fucking ghost town. The mm-hmm. city of Amarillo is doing nothing on the northeast part of town at all. Like all restaurants and things that open up are people that live and grew up over there that are opening things to to exist over there, and that's the only reason that people would flock to that part of town is because mm-hmm. the city has just forgotten it. My good friends Jesse and Alex they run Rocket Brews, and shout out to Rocket Brews. We sponsor them all the time. We love you. They're amazing, and and they they don't want to expand their brand because they love the north side of because town so much. That's where they're from, and they want to to generate their their money and the and the cash flow through that community because it means so much to them, which is admirable and and very stand up on their part. Mm-hmm. And we need more more people like them to step up and and, and cultivate that community and get it get it rejuvenated. But Hopefully the, one day it will. But at the same time, man, I don't like the fact that oh, fucking. The people that live here and grew up here, the only saving grace, man. Like the city of Amarillo right. really needs to step up. And, well, and, and that's put, the problem. Well, well, they bring in, they bring in dollar it. generals every, <laughs> a, a every other the, block. A lot of those people that own those restaurants and businesses on the north side don't even live on the north side anymore. Like everybody, mm-hmm. the residents on the north side are all foreigners. They're all immigrants. That's why so many of those houses that are over in that area are rent houses because HUD has taken over most of the housing on that side of town. Like where my parents parents were living where i grew up every single house is a hud house mm-hmm. every single house oh, and, and that's why there's so much crime over there and that's why so many people are leaving is because of all the crime um that's going on and you know all the drugs and things like that and it's it's just i mean that's that's why you can't keep good residents over there is because of the crime and, and i think <clears throat> it's a part of the 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 people like you know if you ever see the sign like we buy ugly houses or anything like that those mm-hmm. are the worst type of people ever because they're oh, yeah. those are the people that are in charge of making these upstart apartment complexes and stuff that are moving in like hud housing and now granted the hud housing the uh, reason the reason the, it, its existence it, it exists for a good reason, right? To give people yes. that aren't able to afford A place to things, stay, shelter. A place to, to, to afford accommodations mm-hmm. for their family. However, it's the same thing with rent housing. It, it attracts the, the people that are going to drive those neighborhoods down. It attracts crime. It, attract, it attracts uh, just... I don't know, for a, a lack of a better term, like, just... It, it, it boils the... It boils the that neighborhood down more because the turnover rate, it's not because of the people living there. You know, if you can't afford something, that's why that exists, right? However, it's it's a turn and burn. Those businesses are a turn and burn type situation. We want as many, they, those people that own those, don't, don't get it fucking twisted. The people that own those type of apartment complexes and those rent houses, they want as many people in and out as and they, they can, can care less get. about they, the they tenants. They don't care about the tenants. Yeah. They don't care about the upkeep. And it's easy to like turn and burn, turn and burn, turn and burn. It's just a money making scenario yeah the way they look at it is is like if i can get 50 people living here in a year i make more money in my pocket than one person living here for 10 years so it they they, they sign those leases they get in them and they get out so, and they, they don't care so from from our perspective what do you think needs to be done to to save these communities in our city that are that are struggling so much like the north side what what can what can be done from from the top down? From the top, like as the city of Amarillo, 
the leadership. What, what, I mean, what can what, they do? What 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 can be? In, First thing is 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 fix the roads, make sure that they're good because the city of Amarillo fixes residential streets. TxDOT fixes highways, and so like any construction you see on I forty, that's not the city of Amarillo's fault. A lot of people have gotten that wrong for many many years. Like that has nothing to do with Amarillo. That's the state of Texas. But all the roads on the streets and everything like that, the the the, the potholes and everything that exist. That are just go drive down Coulter and Bell, and then go drive on Mirror and uh, Martin Road. There's a huge difference. Mm-hmm. First thing I think is like the city upkeep, upkeep, and things like that. Obviously, the parks, like Martin Road Park, is huge. It's one of the biggest parks in town. If if they can, if they counted from where it starts on Mirror to where it goes behind. What, what's that school that you used to? work at will rogers it from where around real will rogers and the baseball fields and going all the way across martin road up towards 16th and all that martin road park is very big i would like to see your revitalized park make it beautiful again i agree with that it's never yeah. going to be as big as thompson or uh john stiff but just re- revitalize yeah. the park i think that's one more thing frequent maintenance do. needs to be a, a circulated yes. Um, occurrence and routine picking up trash over there mm-hmm. on that side of town I, I street sweepers aren't fucking cutting it you know you know text dot has the prison systems to where they they and not even prison system but like people that are doing uh what is it like uh my brain my brain is mush today but um parole not parole what do they call it when when you have to probation probation like you know how about assigning actually people from the city to come clean up the parks? Yeah, I think people from the community should should be on you know council our, boards where they they police their community as far we, as what needs to be done, and you need voices from those communities. We should have up. neighborhood. The city should employ neighborhood councils. There would be people that would go and do these things, like. You know, we we laugh at things like South Park, but you know, like in the community center where they meet in the city, like bitches about their things. They we have town hall meetings in Amarillo almost like every month or every two weeks, but nobody goes to those because it's just for the entire city. But if you did neighborhood by neighborhood, you might see a turnout. I mean, the answers lie with the people. If you give the people a voice and allow them to speak on what what the needs are and what needs to be revitalized and fixed and met then I think a lot of issues will will decrease over time. It's just it, it lies with the people, and you've got to give them that platform within those communities, bottom line. Yeah, I agree. And I, I think that, that that's, that's a good start. Um, I would like to see uh, more people that aren't from that side of town open businesses on that side of town. There's mm-hmm. tons of things that you could do that would probably – Work no. like gangbusters. That'll, you don't think so? That'll never happen unless they fix the crime, which again is right. Never, is never right. Going no, no, no. I, I know. I know. That's never going to happen. So that's that's probably the number one thing that needs to be addressed is the crime rate and the the lack of policing. Which in APD, certain areas? APD for the last month. They started in January. They are doing a new. I don't know if you guys know about this, but they are deploying. I think anywhere from like, oh god, they they've increased their workload of officers there's a ton of people in uh undercover uh suvs and things like that right mm-hmm. now they they have anywhere of like where they were having like 10 to 20 officers in that area they're having like 60 to 70 nowadays uh, and i'm ballparking that number but that is a new thing that apd is doing so will that work i don't know but they are <laughs> increasing their police effort where they're literally just 
they have never done this. They are literally just patrolling neighborhoods. Just the effort from, alone. From back in the day, the way it always worked was you called 911, you got a cop in your area, right? Now they're actively patrolling the north side and uh, also uh, around um, Sam Houston and that area. So I think things are being addressed, but I think there needs to be more of that. But that is one thing that APD is doing right now is they're, they've, they've increased the amount of police force in that neighborhood tenfold. So who knows how much that's going to help. But that, that is one thing that is happening. Could it be better? Yeah, I agree. But they just started doing that. That is a new thing, and I didn't know if you guys knew about that or not. That's that's good. I mean, the effort is going to make a difference for sure. And, you know, their job is so so difficult and so hard as it is. Fuck that, yeah. So to transition to our next topic, let's talk about occupations you absolutely would not do regardless of the pay. Like occupations we would never even consider. The reason why I thought about this topic is because I watched another video on a Twitter. Mm-hmm. It was shared by the Hodge twins, and it was a <laughs> video of this teacher. I guess this kid was playing on his Nintendo Switch in class, so she took it away from him. Yeah. Right, and it wasn't even a teacher; it was a teacher's aide. Let oh, me shit. let me correct that. Okay. So she takes the Switch from him. And you can see her walking out into this hallway with the backpack. And then here comes this huge black kid. And he fucking basically knocks her out, knocks her to the ground. And as she's unconscious laying there, he continues to just literally beat the living shit out of her. Out of the teacher? Yes. Jesus Christ. Are the teachers say Jesus Christ. Like, you know, he's hitting her in the back of the head, punching her in the back, kicking her in the side, just... I mean, and she's making forty one thousand dollars a yeah. year, and so, and I was like, man, oh, she's I would, an aide. Way, I would way less never, than that. yeah, thirty eight, thirty five, not even that. Really? I would never be a fucking teacher. You're talking about like fifteen ever. grand for a teacher for aid. a teacher's aide. Yes, god damn, not even that. Yeah, an aide is not yeah, an actual a, teacher. And a teacher, an a teacher, what like starts out in state of Texas like at what forty one? Well, in AIC, it's over fifty, about fifty. But even 50, that, 30. even that, holy fuck. Yeah, I, I would I, never be a teacher. I, I I think what the cool thing about our podcast is there are three people in this room right now that all do different types of jobs to pay their bills and do things. I wouldn't, and a lot of them are jobs that people wouldn't want to uh, do. People, they're jobs people wouldn't want to do. I, I for one, well, I wouldn't all... want to be a teacher, and I would not be, want to be a correctional officer. And I know y'all probably wouldn't want to do my job either. Like that, I could not be a teacher or a correctional officer for sure. That that comes to for like well, the, what you said about that <laughs> and the pay. Teachers are so fucking underpaid. Yeah. Well, the commonality between all of us is that we're all public servants. Yeah. And you know, to the point of, of the the situation there with the with the teachers aid and student, I will say those situations are are rare and few and far between. But they do happen. They do happen, um, and it's unfortunate that those things happen, and it, it really just it's unfortunate because it, it all starts from from home and, and we have a crisis in our country with with the the home situation and not just you know the the low economic households it's just it's it's a problem throughout affluent homes yeah i mean poverty stricken areas i mean the, i think the, social media messes a lot of kids up man it's, it's definitely different but with that being said there are so many still so many brilliant great kids that are out there that that we do get a bad rap because those those videos get posted like that and it just ruins you know a lot of good things that aren't seen 
and, and stories that aren't shared. So, I mean, it, it, it is an issue, but I would say it's very rare that those things do happen, especially in our area. I mean, with I've been in education for over 16 years, and I've, I've never experienced a, a, a physical altercation with anybody, with any student. So, You never even witnessed one? I know just mainly just between students and other students, but like for between a, I mean, restraints happen, right? Well, like when teachers have to restrain and I'm on a team at at the school where I'm on a, like a call and response team where I have to, but that's usually between two other students, right? Usually. Is there ever teachers attack that you've ever had to be a part of? No, that's good. That is good. That, That makes me feel better because you see videos of like what Adrian was talking and I, I'm sitting here thinking like, that's the fucking norm, right? Like this is probably happening. Yeah, that's a that's lot. a perception that 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 is projected amongst everyone into the masses mm-hmm. is that this is happening everywhere and all the time. But it really doesn't happen as much as people think it does. But I can see why a lot of people would shy away from the from the career which oh, which we do have a teacher shortage even in our area and even, you know, states like Oklahoma, they're they're having a hard time finding teachers to the point that they're they're allowing uh, people to teach without a college degree now. Like that's the legislation that they've just passed. And it's, it's unfortunate that our society, America has come to that point and it's going to eventually bleed throughout the entire country. And, and it's going to catch up too in a, in a negative way. Uh, people are going to be yeah. in charge of dealing things. We're, we're seeing that on my side of the ball. Um, you know, I've been an EMS for 13 years and um, we're now seeing what they're calling because of COVID uh, we actually have one going on here uh, locally, um, what they're calling a paramedic hybrid program. Um, for those that didn't know, like to become a paramedic, it's usually the same as becoming an associate RN. It's usually two and a half years uh, post-training. And um, now there's a hybrid program that takes you from EMT to medic in about six to eight months. And that's terrifying. Yeah. And here in the state of Texas, we're working towards eventually – you only need a two-year degree to teach. The quality of care, the quality of education in 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 healthcare and in education are going to go downhill. It seems like everybody's uh, give a shit. It, well, it's, it's everybody's lowering their standards mm-hmm. because of how short-staffed they are. Like you know, TDCJ is doing the same thing. You know, we don't we don't uh, do a pre pre employment test anymore. Oh, bro, I bet the as training that you had to go through is nothing what people no, have to go through nowadays. No, no. and um, you you know, as long as you have a pulse, they're they're gonna hire that's you. That's where that means, we're at. <laughs> and that's and like kind of one of those. This things. is something Adrian has echoed for the longest time. People just don't want to work. That one hundred percent. We're seeing that so bad in my job system to where we're getting these employees to where. It's hard to it I can I can teach somebody their knowledge, right? Like if you're not there medically, I will get you there. I can do that. But your attitude, your work ethic, I can't fucking teach that. I can't I can't make you want to be here. And we're seeing so much pushback from uh, not even not the employees we have per se, but in the schooling system that like like to put things in perspective, I got my paramedic license through Amarillo College, and even then, like it wasn't where I wish it would have been, but it's where it is today. And I'm not I'm not knocking AC, but the, and I think this is a problem across the board in healthcare wise. You're seeing, and I think this is COVID's fault of its own, and some of it is like. Uh, like I said, I mean, you could go down a rabbit hole of social media and just like the general work ethic of, of children that were born after the year 2005. But 
I, you're just seeing such a decline of of people. I, the way I've said it in in layman's terms is, people get out of school and they want to make ninety thousand dollars a year and work fucking. 25 hours a week yeah you know what i mean like that's the general consensus is you have people that want to make tons of money but they don't want to work and it's like it doesn't it doesn't work that way that's not how society works and 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 uh it, it, it's fucked up it's fucked up i i couldn't be a correctional officer like the stories that my mom would tell me when she worked there and like the things that i hear you do like uh i i don't think i could do that job and as the fact that I've been a paramedic for, you know, worked in EMS for 13 years, I, if you would have told me at 18 or 16 years old that I'd been doing this is my, I made a career out of this, I would have talked myself into some shit like go to med school. If you're going to be in healthcare, if you're going to be in healthcare, if you're listening right now, <laughs> the state of healthcare, if you're listening right now, do not be a paramedic, do not be an RN. If you want to be in healthcare, go get your MD. Because the way the world works and the way the healthcare works right now in this country is so fucked up and twisted that you're not going to be able to make the changes that you want to see happen and the work ethic of your colleagues is going to be so piss poor and the patient care is going to be so bad that if you want to be anything in healthcare, you need to be the one making the decisions because physicians as of today are so poor as well. They're not. They're not treating. They're. They're like. There's an. There's a clause, and I'm not gonna say which hospital or anything like that. But there's a clause where doctors, they get an incentive, which means they get paid more mm. by how many patients they see. So let let's put it this way: you you see fucking five. If you're a primary care physician and you see five thousand patients, well, if you see ten thousand patients, you're gonna make more money. It's all a money game. And so it's like that's where that's at. But at the same time. You're 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 bastardizing yourself at that point because you can't f- function and take care of that many people as one person. Right. It's not fair. It's a numbers game. And that's where you're going towards education. Like mm-hmm. they they're putting money where the money is going to be made. They don't care about like the doctors and lawyers and astronauts and astrophysicists. All that starts because they had some good teacher at a local educational level that made them want to put forth an effort nine times out of 10. So that's, what's fucked up about the education system is there's, there's so less good teachers because they took away the funding for it. So like, especially like at like your high school level and things like uh, that you do at a, at a middle school level, you know, all the, th- all the money that gets funded into those programs, it doesn't go towards you and what you can teach somebody, it goes into other shit. Yeah, I mean, athletics gets a hefty portion of that every year. And, you know. Like, what's the math teacher making compared to the amount of money the entire school made? You know what I mean? Yeah. I mean, we do need to value any public servant uh, occupation. We need to value them a lot more. Cops are underpaid. Medical staffs are underpaid. How much did you start making as a correctional officer? Hourly. When I first started, I was probably making around seventeen dollars an hour. As a paramedic with two years and a degree, I was making fourteen fifty an hour. How much did you make as a teacher? My first year was it? Sa- it was salary, wasn't it? Was salary, it? yeah. How much did you make a year? My first year is like forty two, forty three. 
It's fucking absurd for what the cost of living is. And, and how many, what, what degrees did you have to have for your prof- profession? A bachelor's degree. You had to have a bachelor's. Mm-hmm. That's still it, the requirement. In, in what? Education or? Education or now, you know, you can just have a, a, a bachelor's degree in anything and you can do like a, a program where you can get certified within a year to get your credentials that are necessary to teach this through the state of Texas. So, so from, from graduating high school and going through, uh, two years of community college and, and four years at a, or two years community college, two years of a, uh, of a, a bachelor's degree, you put in way more than what you make a year. Yes. But I will say, you know, the, the 40,000 that, that they started teachers out, that was, you know, 10, 10, 12 years ago which now it's significantly higher, but it just, it does vary depending on which school district you're in. And, and you made how much an hour? When I first started, it was, it was like close to $17 an hour. So around 16 something, right? Yeah. Something like that. To take care of murderers, rapists, Mm -hmm. drug dealers, drug runners, drug cartelers, everybody that you want. If you're listening, you want your Pete, your children and your people protected against from mm-hmm. seven sixteen and now an and now they make about the, you know because we got a big raise last april but here's the thing about that april raise is it was an emergency raise and they have to actually ask the legislator every year to keep that raise and it was a 15 percent raise and now they make about 20 dollars an hour but even still you know people are getting you know you get you get feces thrown on you you get urine thrown on you you get spat you get spat on um, and yes, and, and you're you're having to to deal with people who have no regard for human life. Real your, shit. Your life is on the line every time you walk through those gates because they don't paying, care about you. And they're paying you twenty dollars an hour, if that, if that. You know, and so. like me, I'm <laughs> and then they're forcing you to work sixteen hour days. Um, they're forcing you to you know work on your days off. They're forcing you, they're forcing a lot of people to travel to, to other, you know, people are having to come, come up here from, from Houston. They're having to drive 10 hours to come, to come work, work at a, to come work at a prison that they've never worked at before. Where they don't know you anybody. Know, where they don't know anybody. Um, so, so yeah, it's yeah. People who it's help people for right a now. living get paid the least. And it's a shame because we're all in those, those fields of work. But there's there's one thing I guess it is considered in the grand scheme of things a, a public servant job, but I could never work like in the food industry. Me too. Like, I couldn't I ever couldn't be a, a waiter, waitress. I couldn't. I could not. <laughs> no. Like that's the one job that I really would not want to do. I did that for five and a half years, mm-hmm. and I, I've I, I've learned like one of my passions that I do when I'm not at work. Is I've taught myself to cook. I love to cook. I actually, um, I I did something last week. I I only told this to my wife. I've messaged. I've been exchanging emails with Escoffier. Uh, Escoffier. They're a uh, food school in Austin where you can do like the degree, associate's degree with it, or you can just get the certificate, which is like basically like you don't have to do any of the book work classes. You just, you pay and you come and we'll teach you how to cook. Yeah. And so I, I would like to do that, like learn some sous chef type style techniques. And so I've been exchanging with them. I, I love that shit. And, and honestly working five and a half years of food service industry helped me become a better paramedic. Um, 
because patient care is pretty much like uh, customer service. Yeah, like, yeah. It's very on par with each other. Um, but yeah, I will say when I, I, there was a point where I was waiting tables and bartending that I was also working 911 and being an EMS. And when I became an EMT, before I became a paramedic, I was working as an EMT and working waiting tables at the same time. And it made me a better waiter because yeah. I was like, your ranch isn't that fucking important. <laughs> yeah, I would say that uh, I'm more tolerant to work with young people who are still growing. Their brains haven't fully developed and they haven't experienced you know, a lot in their life. I have more patience for, for that line of work versus dealing with arrogant, spoiled adults who are just assholes. I can't do it. You have to wait on hand and foot like, like that. Like, and that's the thing. Like I, and I'm, I'm so in touch with like, I would consider myself like what they call a foodie. Like I, I'm going to be very like, I want to like go to these really nice restaurants and, and I want, I want to experience any kind of food from any kind of culture, oh, whether, yeah. whether it's a five star Michelin place here, yeah. or, or a fucking taco truck. Right. Like I want to just eat food and experience those things. But one thing you learn from all of that is everybody loves food and you have people that uh, go to places and it's like you don't understand the, the work that was put in either to your food at either whether it's a five-star Michelin or somebody that's making it working out a taco truck. Because the person working at a taco truck damn sure is probably living a life that most people that eat at those places have no fucking idea of reality. And I would say they have to be more on their game than a restaurant would. Like working in a food truck, like you, you, you make everything from scratch, and you really have to meet the standards because you don't have a, a huge clientele that are just going to come through. Day. I disagree with that. I think I think the food truck has an easier way out because they're like, "Fuck it, this is what I'm going to make, and you're going to like it, and it's selling, and fuck it, that's but what you're gotta, eating." It's got to be good but, to sustain. Customers. Right, no, yes, but they, but majority of those places are making food to where they're like, this is what you get, and yeah. I know I'm good at it, and this is what you're going to pay, and obviously they're not making like the money that somebody in a big upper echelon restaurant's making, but they they definitely devote more of their their effort and time into their their craft and their food. And it's it's already a built-in knowledge that you have to wait, and you're gonna you're gonna sit there, and you're gonna be okay with waiting if you're going to a food truck, because you know that that food is fresh, and they're busting their ass in a tiny space to get it prepared for you. The the one job I don't think I could do is, uh, and I think of like uh, what's that guy Mike Rowe that does the, the dirty, dirty jobs, jobs yeah. the guy like waste management. I couldn't waste do that management. Either. I don't think I could do. Like, and they make about roughly the same that we all probably are at or started at, I think, maybe, and I'm ballparking that. But to just go deal with your bullshit and pick up trash all day, like, I don't think I could do that job. <laughs> yeah. Shout out to those tough. guys. Yeah, shout out to them because they, they are the, the reason that, that we have a functioning society. Imagine if we Plum. never had our trash taken out, the dumpsters were always full, like, how gross everything would get. And how unsanitary plumber. life would be. Plumber. Plumber would be another one that would be difficult. And my, my grandpa, they make you can make damn good money if you're a really good plumber oh, yeah. and you have a really good plumbing business. You can make good money. My grandpa retired as a plumber. He did that all his life. And Electrician, I just, you get shocked every do it. fucking day. <laughs> I couldn't work like construction as far as uh building high rises and things like that. Oof, yeah. There's That'd no be rough. Way. Uh just 
as a redhead roofing in the summer. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> <laughs> that would be fucking miserable. Yeah. Um, I, I think anything that demands like working outside in conditions like I, I would say road work like tech dot anything like that where like literally you could just be hit by a car because some dipshit's <laughs> not paying attention right uh, and just like everybody fucking hates you right because you're like you're sitting there doing the convenience and the construction and nobody may not say anything to you but you know everybody fucking hates you mm-hmm. i would i would say tech dot or something like road construction would be the one job that i would hate and could not work or retail <laughs> i couldn't be a truck driver like that would be tough. That, was, that is like, being on the road all day, and, and, and every it's, day. It's different traveling to places you want to go. Yeah, but like if you've ever like just been like, especially like going through Texas is fucking rough, and to do that daily just to be on those highways, and and you're respo- and you got to deal it's, with it's, shitty drivers it, all day. It's anxious, yeah. right? Because like especially like think about these drivers that drive for like United and these food companies that have these like pallets that are stacked like eight feet tall, wrapped. Mm-hmm. If you fuck up easily and it's easy and and then sometimes it's not even your fault it's so like on a day like today we get so many 911 calls on uh, uh semis that are overturned and it's there's a bridge as you or not bridge but there's a high point coming on from uh was that uh not 287 or yeah 287 north um up by dumas like coming mm-hmm. by the canadian river bridge there's a spot where we're always when winds there's are a like train this, bridge, I, gar- right? I guarantee you right now we're getting called for semis turned over and and like that's that's as a truck driver and a lot of those guys their rigs their actual rigs not the trailer that they're hauling but they own and upkeep their own rig mm-hmm. right you got to you got to pay for the inspection you got to pay for all the upkeep um and all that like if they're they're a good truck driver they own their own rig so you have to pay for all that shit and then if you f- something happens whether traffic or just high winds fucks up your freight. Final that's, destination. That's money out of your pocket, <laughs> yeah. man. Like that, yeah. Truck driver. Fuck and a lot that. of the a lot of truck drivers, they're just they're pro. Like it's in their DNA, and they love it, which is which is great because we hours. need those people. But yeah, I just couldn't do it because I, I hate driving at night, and that would be terrible. Like I couldn't imagine just driving hours and hours and hours at night. My 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 stepson's father. That's that's what he does uh, for a living, and he has to go to work at like I think I think his hours are like he gets he goes. In, I think he's a dispatcher now, but before that, he was he was having to go in at like two o'clock in the morning and just go right. Mm-hmm. Fuck! Have you ever woken up at two o'clock in the morning? That's yeah, miserable. for work. Yeah, it sucks. <laughs> yeah. It sucks. My first shift was three a to three p, and four a.m. to four p.m. And it sucks. Like. But I was still, I was able to get my ambulance ready, go out, and if we didn't get a call, I'm going to go take a nap. Mm-hmm. But if you're, like, dry, like just imagine waking up at 2 a.m. and now, okay, cool, you're going to go from fucking Amarillo to Austin. Yeah. Some people live for it, man. They love to be on the road, but I it, just couldn't do it. That eastbound and down type shit. Like, they, they just want <laughs> to go for it. And shout out to them, but yeah, I don't think I could do that job. Yeah. yeah Is there anything else? Like, like what, are, what are some, like... Like jobs you wouldn't think of that are job like things you enjoy in your everyday life. Like um, that somebody yeah. would have to do that to give that to you. Customer service over the phone, you know, helping people with like their their that. internet or things like that. There's no way I've done do a that. lot. I've done. I, I yeah, that would just be monotonous. I've, I feel like I've done a lot of those types of jobs. Like I've I've worked in retail. Mm-hmm. 
and I've done a lot of customer service jobs. Like I think probably my worst one was working for Excel Energy. Um, like doing phone calls and shit. Yeah, like you know, basically just customer customer service over the phone, and you know, for an electric company. That shit is fucking rough. Most of the time, you just deal with angry people all the fucking time, you know, because they're getting their, their electricity cut off because they don't fucking pay their bill. And, you know, and so you're just dealing with angry people just all fucking day, you know. Um, and then 911 was, was, was hard, too. Um, I told you. Very stressful. Yeah, I, I, I agree with that. I don't <laughs> think... Now working as a paramedic and an EMS for 13 years, I don't think I could be a dispatcher. It's rough, man. Because I wouldn't give a fuck. I it's, would just be like, like now knowing like the other side and people getting and like the people that are answering those calls. And here's what you need to know if you're listening: if you call 911 to the city of Amarillo, those people have no medical training. They don't mm. have any type of. They are they are here for you, and, and not that only, is it. Not only that, but th- this is one of the, the stress, things that I man. that I hated so much working there, is that most of the people who call nine one one are not calling for an actual emergency. No, yeah, it's it's for emergencies only, and you know you, we'd have people call for some of the dumbest shit. Uh, you know, like I had I had a. Somebody call 911 because her baby daddy didn't bring her fucking kid back to, to, to her. He was supposed to bring her bring the kid back at 6 o'clock, and it was 6.05, so she's calling fucking 911 for the cops to go out there because he didn't bring the fucking kid back. <laughs> I'm sure that happens all the time. And it's like, number one, that's not an emergency, and number two, it's a fucking civil issue. Your court orders that you have with the court over your child custody don't have nothing to do with the fucking police. You know, so a lot of the calls were not even emergencies, and a lot of it was a lot of petty shit. And um, sometimes people would just call to just vent, mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. like you know about the the police or even paramedics and Complaints, stuff like that. Yeah. Just yeah. complain. It's like, dude, like I don't want to hear your shit. And that's a, that's you the know? sad thing is is like I I work with like I have to get a now as supervisor I I speak with dispatch a lot and. They are getting. I'm getting so many complaints that you know somebody just picked up the phone and dialed nine one one to complain. Yeah, that poor person. They're just trying to do their job, and 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 the, at the same time, it's like I work in a high stress environment. It's different to be there when bad things are going down, but to be someone, it's like imagine being somebody like I picked this right. Like I went through school. I know. I I spent. A long time of my life perfecting what I do, and I, I, I know regardless of no nine one one call is ever going to be the same. I know that every time I show up to something, it's going to be something different and chaotic. It, that's a total real possibility. But I signed up for that. Imagine being somebody that just needed a job, and they applied at AECC, the Emerald Emergency Communication Center. And they have no medical training or anything like that, and they're put on call taking, and there's somebody that's going through some real shit, whether it's a shooting or a cardiac arrest or a baby being delivered, and they're sitting there, and your job is to get that information to the the, the dispatcher for EMS, for fire, for police, but you still got to stay on the phone with that person the whole time. And, like, I show up, if I start, if, to put things in perspective, somebody shot, right? I show up for the person that shot. I don't have to sit there on the phone with the person that saw that and witnessed that for 
10 minutes at a time mm-hmm. constantly. Those people work 12 to 18 hour days in a bunker. And this is how AECC works. They are inside a basement where mm-hmm. surrounded by com- computers, they have no connection to the outside world. They have a headset and they are just there doing their job for 12 hours a day. And that's what I try to tell my crews that kind of get fed up and irritated with dispatch. I'm like, Hey man, I get it. They're struggling right now, but you, you're, you're, you're out here where you're in your ambulance and you can like, see around. Like everything. I guarantee you their phones are fucking going Constantly. crazy right now. Yo, no, like I just with like, while we're sitting here, I just stuff. got a page from my boss. That's telling me, do we have any crews that are willing to stay over because of the high winds because the call volume. Mm-hmm. So imagine what the AECC is going through right now. As we speak, the phones are constantly ringing. They're constantly dealing with stuff. And not only is that person having to communicate with that person, but as soon as they get done, they've got to talk to the dispatcher for EMS, if that's who they need to go send that call to, or for police, or for fire, or for animal control, whoever it's for, and then have to deal with their own bosses, my bosses, police. Mm -hmm. And the bosses are probably, because of the call volume, are probably having to answer calls too. They they are. Um, So, I mean... So yeah, every that, you got that, everybody. That's a hard you job. got you got everybody on the on the phone at that point. You know, it's easy for me to sit here and be like, "Yeah, man, I've I've responded to some really messed up scenes, and I just that's just what I deal with." But to be somewhere where you you feel completely helpless, and you're feeling you're having someone tell you literally the worst day of their life, mm-hmm. how helpless does that make you feel? Yeah, and and they basically what happens is you know when when you get a nine one one call like say it's a medical emergency, you know like you said you don't have any medical experience you're literally just reading a script of what to tell that of person. what to tell that person based on what they're telling you right yeah and it's hard to focus and read that script when, when you know when crying, someone's yelling somebody's dying you know and or. You know, sometimes you get dead air and they drop the phone and you're you're really not talking to or it's somebody because you know, it's 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 rough, man. It's and people rough. are rude, like I, because those people, like you said, are reading a script because they yeah. have no medical complaint. If you say, I don't help me, my husband's not breathing and they're like, Okay, um, is he awake? They're going down a script. It's like they get yeah, you, frustrated. You literally, the public's like, I just told you he's not breathing and it's like they are doing their job to mm-hmm. click another button to get to yeah. the screen to whether do they need me or do they need a cop? Do right. they need a firefighter? Do they need a parent? Going what through the nece- necessary procedures to and get the that's right how, help. That's fucking rough. And that there's a reason why they have a system. And I, I, I'm kind of ballparking because we don't work for the city of Amarillo. But the way it works is um, when you start there. Uh, call taking is generally you uh, reserved for the people that have been there for a while is how they do it now nowadays i don't know how it was when you were whenever there. whenever i first started um you immediately uh were a call, call taker you wouldn't be able to be on the radio until you had some experience um and everybody started off on nights they didn't care who you were what your home situation was you were gonna work nights and i had like the worst schedule i worked friday saturday sunday monday night uh, and Monday was like my it's my twelve short, hour shifts, my, right? My short. Well, you did your first three days were twelve hours, and then your Monday was, uh, and then my Monday, which was technically my Friday, was a four hour shift because they only paid you for forty hours. But a lot of times, my Monday would turn into an eight hour or a twelve hour shift because if somebody called in, somebody had to stay. Yeah. So, a lot of times, I would stay longer than the four hours on on a Monday. 
Um, but yeah, everybody started off call taking on nights and you normally work the weekends, which was like the worst time to mm-hmm. take calls. <laughs> so, um, and you know, they didn't, they didn't move you from that schedule until, you know, you got some experience. And I was, I, I did that for two years, you know, um, and I just felt like I had no social life working there. And that's why I ended up going to the prison, uh, <laughs> because, it was it was it was the pay was a little bit better and it was a four on four off schedule so I said fuck it let's let's go to the prison right. and that's all she wrote I've been there for nine years now so no matter how <clears throat> difficult our occupations are we do love what we do or else we wouldn't do it and it is hard you know yeah. a lot of people wouldn't step into our roles with any pay you know no. yeah I've I've left my I've left my career three times and came back three times and I'm happier now than I've ever been. And um, it's weird, right? Like we, we all do what we do because we feel like we make a difference. And it's cool, like from where we started to where we are now, like James, you know, you, you entered education and now you're you're the head football coach of Bowie. Mm-hmm. And Adrian, you know, you're head of training for your division at the at TDCJ. And mm-hmm. you, you went through some rough shit. And me? I was started as a basic EMT and and now I'm I'm a supervisor and and it's 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 been a it's been a long time coming. We've all worked hard to get to where we are, but we all remember the bullshit we had to go through and yeah. and, and we we all have people that work under us or we see colleagues and that are that are still struggling and it's like that that's that's the problem that is what's wrong with this country just because we're okay right now there it doesn't mean that the system was fixed. There's there's tons of people that are uh in our same professions that are struggling daily. So if you, if you, if you're listening and and you know someone that's in education for sure, or a first responder or a public servant or anybody like that, like, you know, not because we are, but like, give it, give them a, give them a handshake. And, And not even that, if you know somebody that's like, not even any of those things I just said, somebody that's working a job that you wouldn't, somebody that's like a farmer or a, uh, road construction worker, man, buy him a dinner or something. Cause, cause damn, like under all, all, all the shit that if you're, I'll say this, if you, if you, sh- if you go to work every day and your job is pretty cush and you can go home and you're making enough money to support for you and your family, kudos to you. I'm not knocking you at all, but think about the people that work under or around you that do the, the shit that you don't want to do. Just, just try to be cognizant of those jobs and be grateful and show your appreciation. Buy somebody a coffee. Right. The shit goes a long way. The appreciation man. can never run dry. So, to wrap things up tonight, you know, we've kind of talked about some things that have been pretty serious, semi-serious, and things like that. We haven't been as humorous as we normally are. Um, not to say that this podcast was just in the dumps or anything like that. We just. We've been hitting some issues and, and talking about sports and things like that. To end it, I think we to upbeat and things like that, Barstool Sports released a most universally liked people um, bracket. And you have people like Bob Ross and Steve Irwin and you know Robin Williams on here. And so we're going to see where we think these people should go. We'll go down the verses and we'll see who the bomb city locker room talk of the people that are in this, uh, that we, that we think goes. And I think the way we do it is I'll give somebody and we all give our votes. And we, since there's three people on the podcast, it'll be a two to one 
vote for each person. Mm -hmm. Okay. And so, uh, and then we can all pick the winner and it'll be kind of a unanimous decision. So the most universally liked people in the world, bracket number one, this is going to already going to be tough. Um, Bob Ross (laughs) versus the rock. That's a tough one. I don't see how I'd never gave a fuck about Bob Ross. (laughs) (laughs) The rock. So you're telling me you never you never watch Bob Ross at no. all? You never what? watch? You never no. turn on never PBS? Did. As you a never kid. just put that on for background noise? Yeah, we, I mean I watched PBS, but I didn't give a fuck about Damn. Bob Ross. He's the sweetest dude ever. Have you watched that? Docu- that's you need to watch that documentary true, on Netflix. I don't care for Bob Ross. So Fair enough. I guess we have to <laughs> figure <laughs> out <laughs> which lens we're gonna peer through. Is this gonna be like the the lens of? What their like impact every, was like, or their likability? I yeah. think likability. Like likability amongst everyone or likability amongst ourselves? I would say the way we look at this is we, we hear the two names and we go, who would uh, be on Epstein's island? <laughs> Out of the who two. Is, who is, <laughs> like, who's the shittiest? goes back person? to the name of the bracket. Who's most universally liked? And, you know, out of those two, it's, it's I would have to say The Rock. Really? Yeah. Damn it. I'm going to be the only one that says Bob Ross. Because of... Just the entertainment factor that he's, but the the question is universally. Li- I guess yeah. I guess you're not wrong. And universally, more, more people are going to lean towards entertainment over you know a quiet. You, you know, know what in- this reminds me of? Have intellectual you seen that? painter. Have you seen that video? It's, it was recorded recently. Of he's holding a sign in like downtown. It looks like Manhattan or something. And it's like uh, I I need help. I just need someone to talk to. Mm-hmm. And people just keep passing him. Nobody stops. Or I just need a hug. I'm like dealing with mental mental shit, right? And then he turns the sign around. And he's like, "Free money," and it has all these dollar bills taped to it. And people just stop and start snatching dollar bills. And it's like that's yeah. where our fucking priorities are. Yeah. That that to me is like Rock versus Bob Ross. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I mean, as far as Universal, I would say The Rock overall because you know he's in movies. He's he used to be a WWF star. And now he's the the lead league manager of the XFL. The dude just keeps evolving, and, and oh, he's he's, he's not so stopping anytime soon. Hey, do you so, think he's going to run for president? I wouldn't be surprised. I bet it's did. not on this ticket, but I bet it happens within the next ten years. Yeah. All right, Adrian, I'm going to tell you right now. Mm-hmm. So y'all are both going for the Rock. Mm-hmm. Okay. Yeah. I need to tell you something about Bob Ross. <laughs> okay. Okay. Ma- the man, the man paints a happy little tree, and as a kid, I would see PBS and I would see this, and I'm like, "God damn, not this boring ass shit again!" And I would change it, and I'd be like, "Is when is Rocco's Modern Life gonna fucking start?" Or Doug, or Doug. <laughs> but there's something about this dude. If you watch it, how happy he is. Mm-hmm. Fuck it, I guess I'll go for the rock. <laughs> <laughs> all right, so we're all saying the it's rock. It's a tough one, though, man. It is. Uh, Bob, Bob Ross, Ross is just, a, I, 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 I always, like, the older I get, the more I want to go for the sweet person. You know what I mean? Someone yeah. that's genuinely just like, man, the world is so fucked up. We need people like that, right? Like him and Mr. Rogers, and, which we'll get to. Yeah. <laughs> so, okay, Bob Ross wins. So we'll go across the board now. This one's fucking hard. As far as like me today, this one sucks because mm-hmm. I like both of these guys. Um, be- especially after Kobe died, he really showed his soft heart. And my favorite show, sports show of all time, is still inside the NBA on TNT. Those guys are yeah. so good. It's- Shaq versus Paul Rudd. Mm-hmm. 
Well, Ant Man. Well, not even that, man. Like just, just like all of his funny movies. All like yeah. I love you, man, and role models, and just Paul Rudd, forty year old virgin, guy, like a, like a Vince Vaughn type that you just want to get a beer with. Right. Shaq. I'm with Adrian. Moving I'm on. Shaq. <laughs> yeah, most universally loved. Why, why, I would say Shaq. Why Shaq though? Why why Shaq? Um. Well, I, this is why I'm not choosing Paul Rudd. Is oh, he's shit. just another fucking Seth Rogen that makes the same fucking <laughs> movies and he plays the same fucking characters. And I'm not saying that I don't like the guy. Um, he's just he's he's just he's like a fly that you can't fucking like. You get the fly swatter. He's an and ant. You can't fucking <laughs> yeah, catch the fly. <laughs> he's just that annoying fly in the room that you can't fucking get. See the fact that you're calling and Paul Rudd annoying annoys me. He's annoying. Why is he annoying? He's a, he's another Dane Cook, another Seth ah, Rogen, another fucking. God damn! <laughs> I love you so much. I hate you. It's. I mean, <laughs> I agree with your choice. I'd still pick Shaq. And I like I like Shaq because what he does for his community, what he does for kids. Great. Um, you know, it, he's funny himself. Yeah. But at least it's like genuine. Like he's like genuinely funny. Mm-hmm. He's, he's not being, an actor. He's being himself, but can be funny. He, yeah. Right? He's not being a comedian. Yeah. Right. He's just fucking Shaq. It's, it, yeah, for me, it's his personality. It's infectious. He's so funny. He's humorous, especially on, on the TNT basketball uh, Which is, show. if, you don't, if you're awesome. not even a basketball fan, but if you like sports, you have got to just tune in at 930 on a fucking Tuesday or Thursday night and watch Inside the NBA with fucking Shaq and... Everybody that's on there, and Ernie and uh, Barkley, Charles Barkley, and uh, I, I, Kenny, Kenny the Jet Smith. It it is the best, most entertaining sports show you will ever watch. Especially come this is when it gets good after the All Star Game. Start at the All Star Game if you're not a basketball fan. I would I would suggest you watch All Star Weekend on TNT, which happens around February. And then you make sure you tune in every Tuesday and Thursday night until about mid-May or June when the finals are going on. And you watch as the playoffs go before the finals start because the finals are always going to be on ABC and ESPN. But until then, the Western Conference finals are usually shown on TNT. And after every game, it, they are just the, 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 they say things that they, they, don't, they, they don't they go against the grain. They don't care about what is what the political correctness of anything mm-hmm. and they're very honest yeah and just seeing the banter between they're, charles barkley and Shaq alone is great uh, ernie is a great uh straight man and kenny the jets good it's just, just, it's, just it's just good like yeah. i can't recommend inside the nba and enough. paul rudd i mean he's funny there's a reason it's won emmys yes he's he's funny he reminds me of a modern disciple of like the adam sandler tree of friends Smarter though, yeah. He's, but he's a great. He's a great actor. He's funny. I'm surprised Adam Sandler wasn't on this list. Yeah, but I, yeah, I have to go with Shaq with his success on the court and his personality and how funny he is. He's most universally liked over Paul Rudd. This one's this one's hard for me too. I'll ask y'all first. Um, on the other side of the bracket, number number eight versus number nine, Keanu Reeves versus Mister Rogers. Oh, Keanu. Keanu Reeves. And he, he's he's most universally well liked because he doesn't when he when he takes pictures with everyone he doesn't put his hand on them so you know he doesn't want to make anybody feel uncomfortable. 
Not and that, and like I'm He's fucking John Wick. That's oh, all you need that, to know. That, and that, if you don't know anything about John Wick, you need to watch those movies. They're great. He, he like literally tries to go after people because they killed his dog. But we're we're talking about him going up against the the greatest of all time, Mister Rogers, the goat of nice people. And there's a um, Will You Be My Neighbor? It's a documentary you can watch um, on HBO Max and. Kind of, if you'd ever grew up with Mister Rogers and you've heard of him and you want to know who that guy's all about, like this dude, he he was he, he was a. Uh, nowadays we are so conflicted with people, and it's like, well, what are we gonna find out about them, right? Like it's like right now, like judging, like just go like with the NFL and like all the things that happened to Deshaun Watson. Everybody loves Pat Mahomes and Jalen Hurts right now, and it's like, what's gonna be the one thing that brings them down, like? Mm-hmm. Mr. Rogers is like one of those people that it's like he just did shit for kids, but there's not a bad well, he, thing about he, him. He gave brilliant wisdom that was that was meaningful. I bet I can find something. And Adrian's uh, <laughs> like, I'll find he's a rapist. This uh, this pulls at the heartstrings because I grew up on Mr. Rogers, watching it on PBS. You know, early mornings. I I could give a shit about Keanu Reeves. Who gives a fuck? Uh, Mr. Rogers, you are the man, and you made a difference in this world. So yes, so you're he going is more Mr. universally Rogers? liked. You're yeah. going Mr. Rogers. Yeah, you're going Keanu. So this, yes. so this is hard for me because I agree with everything you said about Mr. Rogers. But there's been some things that have happened lately um, where Keanu Reeves has been in the limelight as just being a really solid dude. And I'm a gamer. He was a star of a recent really popular video game called Cyberpunk 2077. Uh, he was the the uh, the character that you interact with as the main character. Um, and um, he revealed the game. And, and there's this like famous quote of him where uh, somebody was like, "I." L-, he's like, you're beautiful. And somebody said, you're beautiful. And he goes, you are beautiful too. <laughs> Don't ever forget. Like he just goes on this tangent about like, and he just seems like a, he's like to me. Keanu Reeves is the Dave Grohl of actors. You know what I mean when I say that? Like nice I'm surprised guy, yeah. Dave Grohl's not on here. Um, There's so many good people you could put on this list. There's only you can only fit what 16 because of <coughs> the impact that Mr. Rogers had. I'm giving. I hate it. I would pick P- Keanu Reeves if he was against anybody else on this. Probably. I would probably pick Keanu over Bob Ross. I'd probably pick Keanu over Paul Rudd and some of these other people. But because he's against Mr. Rogers, I'm on Mr. Rogers. So two to one, Rogers is moving on. I'm sorry, Adrian. Sorry. I don't give a fuck. Fuck this bracket. <laughs> <laughs> Shitty ass bracket. All right. This is a good one. What are Go, you talking about? Going down. Uh, Jack Black versus oh Mr. Nice Guy himself, Steve Irwin. I don't see how Jack Black is universally yeah. like just because he makes YouTube videos that he's funny with. Yeah, Steve Irwin is, is the the greatest edu- educator to ever live. Plus, his daughter is hot, <laughs> so this this should be this should be an easy one. Yeah, Steve I mean, Irwin, no doubt. Yeah, Steve Irwin. I think we can move on from that. Uh, <laughs> next up is Alex Trebek versus Jamie Foxx, which this one I just don't get. Like. And seeing Jamie Foxx is another one that I don't see how I, he's universally Why is that? Yeah, liked. that's I don't I know mean, why he's on. There. I mean, he's funny. A lot of people. I love his impersonations and stuff like that. He's a good like, actor. He's great, but I just don't see him being universally yeah, liked like, by like everybody. Like nobody's um, gonna have a problem with him, right? Yeah, yeah. I, and Alex Trebek, I felt like you know, he, he was pick, always authentic. I don't. You always pick Alex, you Alex over Mister Rogers. 
like just Jeopardy because I always watch Jeopardy with my grandmother. So I always didn't he always seem like that was his authentic self. Alex Mm -hmm. Trebek, I think, is hands down like probably the greatest game Game show show host host of all time. Yeah, I mean, only other person I think is like Bob Bob? Barker and Pat Sajak. Yeah, Steve Harvey and Pat still. (laughs) Steve Harvey is fucking great. I love (laughs) Steve Harvey. He's great, but, but he's not he, those he's, guys. He's not up yeah. there with Trebek, though. So, yeah, I'm, I'm going with Alex. Yeah, I gotcha. agree with Alex. Yep. Is it unanimous, Alex, over James? Unanimous, yes. Okay. Uh, next up would be um, Dolly Parton versus Robin Williams. As a fan of comedy, I'm not going to let Dolly win this one. But my wife has been watching a lot of documentaries with Dolly Parton. She seems like a sweetheart, but universally mm. liked how the fuck like Robin Williams is so important in so many different roles mm-hmm. not just comedy but his acting skills just him as a person he brought so many smiles to everyone's faces like he was he was a light in a dark room he has to be more universally liked than Dolly Parton I mean she's yeah. great she did a lot for country music and everything but you can't go against Robin Williams when it comes to those two yeah, I, I I agree, and um, the fact that like Rob, the thing about Robin Williams is is he had something for everybody, right? Like there's a movie or his stand like his standup was incredibly raunchy, mm-hmm. so there was tons yeah. of people that like adored Robin Williams, and then they heard his stand up and they were like, oh my god! But at the same time, kind of like, like Eddie Murphy too. There's people that heard Robin Williams stand up and then mm-hmm. saw some of his movies and they're like, oh, that's fucking boring, but they loved his stand up. And so he's like, one of those that, that just always seemed authentic to that. Energy. He was always himself. Yep. I agree. This one. I don't know why this is on here. This is kind of stupid, but, uh, I already know who I'm going to pick Steve Martin versus Tony Hawk. Hmm. I'm going to pick Tony, the Birdman. If, if I was like a Gen Xer or maybe a bo- baby boomer, I'd go with Steve Martin. But yeah. I mean, he just was way before my time and my generation, and so, and I'm not saying that I don't don't like any of his movies yeah. or anything, but um, I think Tony Hawk had probably a bigger impact in my life than Steve Martin. Right. So I would 100%. go with Tony Hawk. Like Steve Martin, you know, SNL people loved SNL. They and, associate and SNL with him. There, he's a, he's an OG of comedy, like yeah. slapstick comedy, right? Like I I'm always going to respect Steve Martin, but. Over the Birdman? I've Are you heard. Me? I've heard that Steve Martin is a dick. Really? When people go, I've to heard meet Chevy him, Chase's at, at signings and things like that. I can see that. I've seen. I've heard Chevy Chase is mm-hmm. like that, and like you, he was one of the him and was it, it was it was it him Martin Short and Steve Martin right the three amigos yeah so two out of the three of those guys are assholes yeah <laughs> yeah Tony Hawk he did so much for our childhood and he's so cool like he just builds shit for kids and like like the thing of like how remember when I got him to text like hey man I heard you're a fan of Tony Hawk's Pro Skater well guess what you're the first person to know it's coming back like he started that campaign mm-hmm. of bringing back. Tony Hawk's Pro Skater and all that when they remade the games and and so like he just he just seems like a very he's very well liked he he fit in well with the Jackass crew yeah I mean that was influential on two of the people here's podcast life so Adrian hates Jackass yeah <laughs> <laughs> yeah Tony is is a goat he's a legend he's very influential so hundred yeah, percent Tony Hawk um, and the last last one of the first round would be Danny DeVito versus Brendan Fraser, which as a fan of It's Always Sunny in <laughs> Philadelphia, it's hard for me to not go for Danny DeVito, but 
the redeemed story that Brennan Fraser has had since he 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 went through a really dark place and was in like mental health issues and almost like committed suicide mm-hmm. and gained a lot of weight and so like because if you don't remember Brennan Fraser was the action star of the Mummy he was at George of the Jungle he was very popular in the nineties he, he was, was huge yeah. he was huge and mm-hmm. he was very handsome and he was he was like he was like a I would consider him like a uh, who's Captain America what's his name. Chris Evans. Chris mm. Evans. He was like that, right? Like he was a, he was like the dude that like guys wanted to be. He he was fit, he was funny, he was athletic and Didn't he, he did do all these Jungle different Book? roles. Well, he did George or of the Tarzan or He did George of the Jungle. Okay, yeah. And he did uh, Blast from the Past, The Mummies and tons of other movies, but those were Encino the Encino Man. Man. <laughs> those are the ones he's most known for. But like when he became an action star, he was doing all these mummy films and then he fell into a, a mental health place, gained weight got more in his mental health and recently there was a lot of videos online of like fans supporting him and because of his success of this new movie the well and him coming out of being an actor again he's open to uh, uh losing weight and taking care of himself and he wants to do another mummy film and i think that would be that great would be it cool. would probably be terrible yeah, yeah he's, he's probably going to be winning an oscar here soon um, for the whale yeah he, he his his acting in that movie has gotten a lot of buzz and his he's, transformation he's, he's have you nominated got, have you seen it no i haven't seen I, it. I, I watched it two days ago and it, it made me cry i mean the darren aronofsky it is, really did yeah it did Dar- i mean darren aronofsky is the director of that movie and like all his films have like really dark tones, yes. right, and dark themes. Mm-hmm. Um, like he did Requiem for a Dream, it's a great movie. Um, Black Swan, The Wrestler, like Black like Swan that. is great for one scene. Yeah, but <laughs> it, so I'm I'm interested to see it just because I'm a fan of Darren Aronofsky and I'm a fan of his movies, but I haven't watched it yet. But um, I mean. The acting in all of his movies, somebody from all of his movies have have been have either nominated. won or nominated for an Oscar. Like, uh, mm-hmm. oh, it's probably gonna happen. Mickey Rourke won for The Wrestler. Natalie Portman won for Black Swan. Ellen Bernstein was was uh, nominated for Requiem for a Dream. So I mean, I, you know, did, did he look like he was CGI when he was large? At times. But I feel like they added on, uh, you know, some more weight they did. on him. They did. Now, granted, he he put on pounds for this mm-hmm. role, but they added. I know. I do know that that was part of the thing. Is he was CGI. So what I was getting at with that is like it took it took DiCaprio forever to win an Oscar because usually to win Best Actor or Actress, you have to go to extremes for your role. Right. Mm-hmm. He lost a lot of weight for that movie, The Revenant. And, and what he did to himself, which I totally disagree. I think he should have won an Oscar for The Departed. And there's probably some other movies that DiCaprio should have won an Oscar for. But he got one for The Revenant because of his transformation. That's normally like when actors are method actors where they put themselves like at all times, they are that person until this film is done rapping. Yeah. Those are the people that win awards. And my yeah. well, that's that's my question is I haven't seen this yet. Me and Brianna want to watch it. We're probably going to rent it on Amazon Prime. But um, do you feel like he he it, is it best actor material? Do you think he's going to win an Oscar for that? I, I, I think he's going to. I think I think and it, it, yeah. I think it's the performance was 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 thorough enough to to where you really like sympathize and empathize with him as a character, and he did a great job. Um, he made it seem like that was him, like his true self. And he, he really like 
pulled at your heartstrings. I feel like yes, I think it's worthy of that type now, of now. I and this award. is gonna sound offensive and and mean but what is the premise of that movie he's just a fat guy like or overweight and he's dealing with his how society treats him right it it really focuses on his relationship with his estranged daughter who hadn't seen since she was eight years old and it really paints the picture of um how their relationship kind of fell down you know the wayside over the years because because of a tragedy that happened in his life that he he separated himself from his family that and it really affected him um you just have to watch it i don't want to give away um but that's too much. that that it's like a mental thing right that's why he's overweight and things like right. that right it, it it was a which happens for a lot of people yes a traumatic event in his life made him spiral into the person that he is in the movie okay yeah fair enough and what, what what's going to be cool is if Brendan Fraser wins an Oscar and also Ki Kwan wins an Oscar for everything uh for everything everywhere all at once um that's going to be two two actors who have been like on this long hiatus um of not winning if not uh, it, you know and now now they're both Oscar winners like that's going to be really cool that would be if that cool. if that happens so I would say his daughter in the film, she's the uh, redheaded chick on Stranger Things, and she's an absolute brat. I just want to slap the shit out of her. From the, in the movie? movie? Yeah, in the movie. <laughs> but I love her on Stranger Things. Yeah, she's great in Stranger Things, but you will hate her. The one that plays Max, right? Yeah. Yeah, yeah. okay. Running through the door, or whatever that song is. Um, all right, so <laughs> we have went through the first round. Now it's The Rock versus Mr. Rogers. Hmm. I'm still going to go with The Rock. I think I'm going with The Rock. I'll go with uh, Mr. Rogers. <coughs> but already, I've been outvoted, so. Yeah, we, yeah we, we've already talked about. <coughs> and I think we'll make it a little bit but quicker. But I understand why we, The Rock is going to move on. We'll, we'll, we'll all kind of like, we can touch on it if we need to, but I feel like we've already talked about every individual person mm-hmm. enough. So uh, The Rock moves on. And next we'll have Alex Trebek versus Robin Williams. I go Robin Williams. I am, mm. too. I am too. Yeah, I'd have to say the same thing. Like Ro- Robin, just his personality. He's just he's just he was a, There's he, a bigger impact there than Alex Trebek. Yep, yep, one hundred percent. Robin Williams. So on the other side of the coin, Shaq versus Tony Hawk. <laughs> <laughs> I'd like to see the celebrity um, death match. <laughs> and, and I'm going Shaq. This one's going to be hard, but it's very yeah, subjective. Yeah, I'd probably still have to say Shaq. Shaq does seems like he does more for community, for children, for things oh, like yeah. that. Like I'm sure Tony has a ton of things that he does for people, but Tony Hawk at the end of the day is just Tony Hawk, and Shaq is uh, is a character. Yeah, and, and at the end of the day, we're talking about most universally liked amongst everyone. So yeah, Shaq would have to win that battle. Steve Irwin and Brennan Fraser. Uh, Steve. Steve Irwin. Steve. Uh, the impact and things like that. Mm-hmm. I think Brendan's going to have a really strong second half of his career, but that's yeah. only just starting. Uh, Steve's gone. He got stabbed in the heart by a stingray and didn't get invited to Satan's party, his Halloween party. It's a, <laughs> a South Park reference. Um, but uh, yeah, Steve, Steve Irwin. He, he's such a great guy. And his daughter's he's a likeable his daughter guy. Is still so fucking hot. Um, God, dog. <laughs> the Rock. Versus Robin Williams. Mm. For me, I'm still going to go for for, for The Rock just because uh, growing up, 
I was a bigger wrestling fan than I was a Robin Williams movie fan. So what about a comedy fan? Yeah, it just. Uh, mm. Yeah, I, I, I still, still the rock. Go, I'd still go with the rock. Fucking Jumanji. <laughs> Jumanji. <laughs> God, the, the movies that he made back then, you know, when we were younger, just great Mrs. They're Doubtfire. classics. They're classics. Um, yeah, Flubber. <laughs> But I'm Flummer. I'm going I'm going towards bigger impact here, like bigger impact on my life, and I feel like The Rock was that for me. Yeah, go impact you on know. your life. <laughs> Neither <laughs> one of these fuckers. <laughs> <laughs> no, I'm I'm a big comedy fan, just like but you, you are. You watched wrestling. I did watch wrestling, but you know what? The Rock was was not in wrestling very long. You know, for three to four years, and he was out. And he went into the entertainment business. He was in wrestling for a long time. What are you talking about, no, boo? he wasn't. He wasn't in wrestling very yes, he, long. Yes, he In the was. late 90s. No, he wasn't. Yes, he was. Like 98 he to like 2001. No. Look stop it, up. it Look it stop up. Stop it. I think that's probably accurate because yeah. didn't he play at like the University of Miami and it was like almost going to get drafted? And, and I'm talking about his, his rise to stardom when he was a polarizing figure in the WWF. It was in the late 90s, early 2000s, and he was out. His career wasn't. wasn't I, I would say very this. Long. I could give a fuck about The Rock, the wrestler, the person, the influencer, <laughs> like the Instagram personality person, the motivational person that he is today, mm. the businessman. The Rock, since he left, the leaving fucking wrestling was the best thing that ever happened to The Rock. Yeah. I mean, he's just so versatile. He, he can do anything. And I think out of those two, I mean, there's two sides of the coin here. Like, personally, I think Robin Williams, but, you know, he for, started for everyone else. I think it's The Rock. I started I, in '96. That's when he started wrestling professionally. That's when he, that's, yes, okay. his when it was rise the WWF. Because he started off as a heel, like he was like a bad guy. Like he when was he at the, when, was he at the U. when he was at the his best was in '98, '99, 2000. When did he play for Miami? In the late late eighties, early nineties. Was it that long ago? I thought it was like 93 to 95 or something. I don't think so. I could be wrong, but I'm pretty sure that's right. And then he departed in 2004. So from 96 to 2004, he was. See, and I was going to say, I thought he did was in wrestling. And even in that first first movie was a scorpion king. And even even with that short amount of time, he made a bigger impact than a lot of other wrestlers. Yes, he did. Him and Stone Uh, Cold were the face of the business at that time. I, I just wanted to see this go down to The Rock and Brendan Fraser because they were both in the mummy. <laughs> no, um, for me, it's I'm with James on what you said a minute ago, where it was like personally sentimental. It's, personally, it's Robin factor, Williams. Yeah. My mom, I was coming off a shift with my partner Kevin, and we were coming into the station, and my mom texted me, and she was like, "Robin Williams is dead," and I said, "What?" You know, if anybody knows me, like I, I hold stand-up comedy very near and dear to my heart. I always wanted to do that, and I always wanted to be an actor on Saturday Night Live or something like that. And he was along with like Jim Carrey and a couple others. He was like the goat to me mm-hmm. as a kid, and I cried. I legitimately cried when I found out Robin Williams died. But with what James said, I agree with you. For me personally, it's Robin Williams. The bigger impact over the world, probably right now, especially too. Yeah, he's in popularity. It's the Rock. The Rock, yeah. So I think the Rock has to move on. Yep, the Rock. The Rock makes it to the finals out of everybody. That's kind of crazy. The Rock beats out Bob Ross, Keanu Reeves, Mister Rogers, Alex Trebek, Jamie Foxx, Dolly Parton, Robin Williams. On this side of the coin, it's Shaq versus 
Steve Irwin. <laughs> Shaq and Steve Ir- Irwin? I mean, yeah. it, it, it I'm sucks. still going with Shaq. I'm going with yeah. Shaq. It sucks that Steve Irwin's life was cut short abruptly like it was because I feel like he would be right there with Shaq if he would have lived. Yep. You know, but yeah, I think I think Shaq for sure. He's more his, his personality. He's he's yeah. such a big big time like. It's like a just a big teddy bear that makes everyone laugh. And like, it's like so you. Funny. The thing I think about Shaq, and this is this is going to be crazy. We're putting two people that I see very similar in each other. Two two personalities that are very very like when they not only are they probably the biggest person. <laughs> In the room when they walk in physically, mm-hmm. Shaq and The Rock, but this is going to be come down to two people that their their personality is the biggest in the room. Mm-hmm. So the final, ladies and gentlemen, for Bomb City Locker Room Talk, most likable person per bomb for Barstool Sports, <laughs> <laughs> Shaq versus The Rock, who wins? The Rock, oh, Shaq. So you're going to make me decide. God dog it. <laughs> Darn it. Shaq. Man. Just because of that video of him raving. It's, that fucking <laughs> <laughs> it's, it's tough, man. I knew it would come down to these two. It's two former athletes that shifted One's their career into, <laughs> into different you know avenues. One's a legit athlete. I mean. I'm just kidding. Steroids count. I mean, he played. He played collegiate football. He's he's a oh, good dude. athlete, and and you know, he's a freak. He was a professional wrestler. Yeah. I mean, man, it's a tough one. Shaq I, is a police officer. Yeah. <laughs> Just look at the things Shaq has done. Did he? He's been it, in movies. Shazam, so is The Rock. They've both been athletes. They've both been athletes. Where's the genie one? No, that the what's his name was the genie. Kazam. One. Kazam. What was his name? No, Kazam. Kazam was. Shaq. was um, can't remember his name. The Rock was Black Adam. But they've both been in movies. They've both been athletes. Yeah. However, they're both black. One is. <laughs> the Rock's black. Well, he's half. It's like Polynesian, uh, right? His dad is black. His dad is black. His dad is black. His dad is black. But Rocky Johnson, <laughs> Rocky Johnson was a black man. His mother. Is is Polynesian Samoan uh-huh. Native First Hawaiian? Of all, wh- why are we counting that? <laughs> why does that matter? I'm just saying because there's a disagreement y'all, amongst y'all are making comparisons to them, and they're both black. So. I, they're both black. The Rock. The Rock. So the Rock That's is going to be my heart This is fucked. Yeah. This shit is fucked. This is rigged. Because <laughs> we're talking about most universally liked. Yeah, I I would feel more people like if they had like their face on Twitter or whatever, there'd be more hearts for fucking The Rock probably. Yeah, yeah. And you're gonna you're, you're more gonna you're gonna, you're gonna, you're gonna have everyone. you're gonna have people that hate Shaq, you know, Lakers haters and stuff like that. They're yeah. gonna hate Shaq. So, and The Rock with his you know his new shoes, his, he came out with that song recently. You know, he's just hey, the, the Shaq, Shaq beat he's out. He's got a song. Yeah, he has a song. Shaq beat out yeah. Tony Hawk, bro. Oh, That's yeah. hard for me to say, but I would still pick Shaq. So, uh, yeah, I mean. The Rock. What I think. about what about some people who should have been on the list that are not? On okay, the some list? honorable mentions. Ryan Reynolds. Okay, mm. he's, yeah. he's universally liked. Tom Hanks. I'm surprised. Tom, I was I was going to say him too. Tom Hanks. Tom Hanks. I'm surprised he's not. Ryan Gosling. Who? <laughs> Pey- Peyton <Stop>. Manning. <laughs> Peyton Manning. Peyton Manning. Eh, yeah, I could see right? him being. I could see him there. Liked. He's got a quirky personality. Like he's he's likable. Kobe. Um, 
Kobe, Michael Jordan. But I feel like more people like Kobe than Mike. Not comparing basketball. I'm just saying more universally liked Kobe. Yeah. I would say Kobe. Um, Who else? I don't think Kobe became universally liked, though, until he died, though. I kind of agree with that. There were so many people that were like Celtics fans that hated that motherfucker until he died. Yeah. They didn't give him the respect he deserved until he died. Um, as far as athletes, just thinking, ballparking, like those, those were the ones that first came to mind. Peyton Manning and Kobe. Co- Peyton's pretty universally like I don't think anybody has a bad thing John Madden. <laughs> I, I, I disagree. I don't, wouldn't put John on this list of all these people. I wouldn't put John. On no, he doesn't. He's not worthy of this list. But honorable mention, there, he's especially uh, amongst the lore of football, and he he did a lot for the for the uh, sport. So he's one of the the voices that you think of when you think of sports casting and broadcasting, sports wise in general. No, yeah, <laughs> John Madden. He's my childhood right there. Um, actors, Ryan Reynolds. Who else? Um, anybody? Mm. Will Ferrell. Will I'm surprised Will Ferrell's not on there. I I know, I I know a like, lot of I, I know a lot of people that hate Will Ferrell. I, w- I wouldn't have I picked like, I, I wouldn't have picked him, but I could see people putting him on that list. I'm really surprised, like you said, Tom Hanks is not a Denzel, Jonah Hill, or Morgan Denzel, Denzel or Morgan Freeman. I'm surprised they're not. Yeah, on that Morgan. List. Yeah, Freeman. Morgan Freeman. I could see being on that list. Um, but yeah, Samuel like, Jackson. Mm-hmm. Samuel <laughs> yeah, Jackson. Sam. But all three of those dudes are f- like I don't think anybody doesn't like a Denzel. Eddie Murphy. Uh, he's not to a degree. I wouldn't say he's universally liked. And neither would no, he, but the Dave. Tons of people love him, but universally, would he be considered? No. Once they hear his early stand-up with Delirious and Raw, no, because a lot of people don't even know that he did stand-up. I know. Uh, Jim Carrey would be on there. Um, Adam Sandler. Adam Sandler's yeah. I know a lot of people that hate Jim Carrey and Adam Sandler. It's all but, subjective, but, anyway. but 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 like yeah, yeah, they, yeah. It's it's subjective. Because uh, Sophia Vergara. Because <laughs> when it comes to comedy, not everybody is gonna find Mila Khalifa comedy funny. <laughs> Bill Belichick, Jenna Jameson. <laughs> <laughs> now we're just off the rails. Trump. <laughs> Trump, yeah, Biden. <laughs> but yeah, anyway, uh, we all picked The Rock to win uh, per the Barstool Spool Storts <laughs> bracket of most universally liked. If you disagree with these likings or anything else that happened on this podcast, then also write into us at bombcity.lockerroomtalkpodcast at gmail.com. As always, this was episode 105. I'm Joseph. I'm Jake Paul. I'm Adrian. See you next time. Bye. Where are you?